Well, we are in a series in the book of Jude, Jude uh, verses 20 and 21. And uh, last week uh, we looked at it and Jude said this, that you're to build up your most holy faith. And the second aspect of that, which we'll study this morning, is to pray in the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning, and I'm going to give you a teaching this morning because this topic has so much confusion around it, and it also has so much opposition. And what I want to share with you is a biblical concept of praying in the Holy Spirit so that you would have confidence and faith to enter into what it means to pray in the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Paul says this after he describes the armor of God, and he says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. This would indicate that any prayer we pray is helped by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Aren't you glad about that? I'm really glad that the Holy Spirit is involved in any prayer that we utter and that our high priest can take that prayer and make it beautiful. Amen? So how many of you need help in your prayer life, right? Sometimes our most effective prayers are, Oh God, help me now! And out of that uh, unction of the Holy Ghost, Jesus can do much. He just needs you to ask. But there's all kinds of prayers, Paul says. Let's, Let's take a look at all the different kinds of prayers that we can see. He says that there are prayers of supplication. That means to make your supplications known to God, Scripture says. A supplication is an asking. Whatever you have need of, ask the Lord. He wants you to become dependent on Him and not your own self-sufficiency. Some things you can solve, some problems you can fix, but how many of you know we need the Lord? And to, there's nothing wrong in asking God for help. And there's certainly nothing wrong with asking God over and over and over again. Now there are some folks in some churches that say that's a lack of faith if you keep asking. But Jesus taught on prayer and he called it shameless persistence. When the woman came before the judge, she kept asking, asking. When the neighbor came to the house next door to ask for bread, he kept knocking, kept knocking. Jesus said, do the same likewise and how much more your father will give. So supplication is asking of God whatever your needs are I hope you're asking God for everything in your life another kind of prayer is intercession intercession is praying for somebody else standing in the gap if you uh, that terminology is in scripture that there is a, a situation and a gap between it to bridge to the other your intercession bridges heaven to earth for that person Have you ever seen somebody so distraught, so downtrodden, they don't know what to pray for, they're weak, and and they need somebody to lift up their hands in prayer? That's intercession. Another kind of prayer is prayers of thanksgiving. God wants a grateful heart. We're supposed to come before the Lord with hearts of thanksgiving at all times. And so another kind of prayer is to thank God for all that he's done and to be grateful for him. James tells us there's the prayer of faith. That you're to pray unwavering and to believe what you ask for shall be accomplished. There's an unction by the Holy Spirit to believe for this thing that God has 
calling you to pray. And so you pray in faith. You pray the prayer of faith to accomplish what needs to be done. And then we see that there is the prayer of repentance. All of you, I hope, have prayed the prayer of repentance. God forgive me, a sinner, and save my soul. You have to enter into the kingdom through repentance. You have to turn from your ways. And we daily need to have a renewed mind and pray a prayer of repentance, maybe on an attitude or a way we were thinking. And so there's prayers of repentance. Then also there is praying in tongues. That's identified in 1 Corinthians 14 and throughout Scripture. Jude uses it here, praying in the Holy Spirit. And so Part of the arsenal of prayer is praying in tongues, and that's what I want to discuss with you this morning. But I don't want you to think that the Holy Spirit's not involved in your prayer life unless you pray in tongues. Again, we've got to get a balance in this thing and understand that every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit. You can't be saved unless the Holy Spirit abides in you. So every believer has the Holy Spirit, and according to Romans 8.26, every believer, no matter what your denominational outlook, has the ministry of the Holy Spirit praying and interceding within them. Amen? Romans 8.26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us through wordless groanings. That's not talking about speaking in tongues, because these are wordless. But it is the intercession of the Holy Spirit. So this verse applies to every Christian. Every Christian has the aid of the Holy Spirit through their prayers of repentance, prayer of faith, intercession, supplication. And also available is praying in tongues, and that's through the unction of the Holy Spirit. That's just part of it, and it can all come together. Amen? And so I want you to pray using all types of prayer, Paul says. But we're going to focus in this morning on praying in the Holy Spirit and what that means. John put it this way, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I, whose shoelaces I can't even tie, he will baptize you with what? Holy Spirit and fire. So by the Holy Spirit, we are baptized into Christ. That's salvation. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we are baptized into Christ through one Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But once we're baptized into Jesus, Jesus wants us immersed or baptized into his Spirit. That filling and overflowing. Mark 16 says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. This is available to all believers. All right, And so the Bible tells us that praying in a language from heaven is valid for believers. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Paul said this, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. So did Paul value praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues? He certainly did. Now here's the uh, uh, question. When he says I pray in tongues more than all of you, does he mean more than the most... Uh, proficient tongue talker or does he mean collectively the entire congregation i pray in tongues more than all of you or is he just talking from south i pray in tongues more than y'all <laughs> whatever it is he believes in tongues he goes on in verse 5 and says now i want you all to speak in tongues does that mean it's available 
Yeah, I mean, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more, I want you all to prophesy. Is that available? Yeah, so let's not shortchange what God has provided in salvation just because you may not understand it or like it. It's available to you. So let's mature and understand what he is giving us. Let's define this. What is praying in tongues? 1 Corinthians 14.2 says this, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, because he's speaking a language not known in the earth, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. That word mystery is mysterion, and it means the secret counsels which govern God in dealing with the righteous, which are hidden from ungodly wicked men, but plain to the godly. He makes plain. A mystery is, is a truth and a reality about God and his kingdom that is to be revealed. So when you're praying in tongues, you're praying probably the answer to your prayers. You're praying what you're waiting to hear from God for. You're praying the very mysteries between the Spirit of God within you to God the Father. And it is communication directly to heaven. And it has power. He goes on, he says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. So we are weak and we're ignorant. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, good. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings deeper than words. So what this verse tells us is the Holy Spirit is interceding. Intercession is a type of prayer, isn't it? We just went over that. So the Holy Spirit is actually praying in you. He's praying in you, interceding in you to the Father. And he's praying the will of God to be made alive in your life. And so that's what's happening through praying in tongues. 1 Corinthians 12.30 says this, concerning the gift of tongues. Now we've got to get into the uh, nuances of this tongue talk we're talking about, the gift of tongues. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30. It's a rhetorical question. Do all possess the gifts of healing? Obviously, no, we don't. In fact, he said earlier that the gifts are dispersed by the Holy Spirit as he wills to individuals within the body uniquely. So some have the gift of healing, some have the gift of prophecy, and here he says, do all speak with tongues? The answer would be no. Do all have that gift of interpretation? No, that's the answer. So, okay, done. See, uh, that speaking in tongues isn't for me, it's for just some people. Well, this chapter is on gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation. Those are spiritual gifts given just to some and not to others. Okay, Just as healing is a gift to some and not to others. But just like any other gift, are we to pray for people's healing? Yeah, I may not have the gift of healing, but I can pray for people's healing and I can see God manifest, right? I may not have the gift of prophecy, but there are times God gives me some knowledge and some wisdom from the Lord that I can speak to someone that's prophetic. Amen? But what he's saying here is the gift of tongues may not be dispersed to everybody, but in 1 Corinthians 14, he makes a 
distinction between the gift of tongues, which is used to edify the corporate body, and a personal prayer language. They're two different things. One is a gift to the body. One is a mediation from the Holy Spirit for every believer. And we'll get into that in a second. We go on. So, what are these gift of tongues? There's two different gift of tongues when we read Scripture that we see. These gift of tongues are to be spoken for the sole purpose to edify the listeners. So the gift of tongues is to edify those who hear it in the congregation. But praying in tongues is to edify whom? The individual. All right, and Paul makes that distinction. If you're praying as an individual to God, you're not to be blasting it out over everybody else because if there's no interpretation, it doesn't help anybody. It's not edifying them. So the two kinds of public tongues or gift of tongues is the aspect of speaking out. That's where we get the word lelia. Lelia. In Scripture, the only word in Greek for tongues is glossa. Glossa. And it means tongue. This thing right here, this tongue. It's literally a tongue. But we use that with languages, don't we? So, I don't know what land you're from, but what tongue do your people speak? He would say English. Right? Don't we do that all the time? What's your native tongue? And so we use it for languages. So glossa is the only word that you'll see in Scripture. We've added the word lelia to help define. And so glossolalia is tongue-talking. Then there's xenolalia. Xenos means foreign tongue. So we're going to see in Scripture that there are two kinds of gifts of tongues. One we found on the day of Pentecost, where the 120 were baptized with fire in the upper room. Uh, well, I actually believe they were out in the Solomon's temple. But anyways, in Acts 2, 4 through 8, it says that they were speaking all the known languages of the people in that crowd, weren't they? That's xenolalia. That is foreign talking. So they were speaking a foreign tongue. We would also see, quite possibly, in Acts chapter 10, verse 26. In Acts 10, 26, you've got... Peter preaching to Cornelius. And as he's preaching to Cornelius, um, it says this. If I can find it in my notes. For they were hearing them. Remember, Peter's preaching to Cornelius about salvation. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God falls on these Italian Roman soldiers and family, and they begin praying out in tongues. And it says this in Acts 10, 26, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. So you had the Hebrews listening to the Romans speaking out the things of God. How did they know what they were speaking? This would be an example of that foreign tongue talking. So there is times when the gift of tongues is spoken in a known language for the audience. And Paul said that God's going to use it as a gift for unbelievers. 
many testimonies throughout the world that we've heard where God has done this. I've been in services where I've had people, <coughs> I had a guest one time who served in the Korean War and we were in the, he was new to the Pentecostal church and someone had spoken out in tongues and none of us understood it. And then someone interpreted. Well, after the service, the guy said, so how come you have people talking in Korean? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, that lady, she spoke out in Korean. He said, when I served, I picked up Korean and I could understand what she was saying. And then that other lady interpreted, right. And I said, neither of them understand Korean. <laughs> and he was a little bit shocked by that. And that's xenolalia. That's the foreign tongue talking. Then there is the, the gift of tongues, which speaks of a heavenly language, though I speak in the tongues of men or angels. And so that happens when there is a tongue spoken out in the church above all the other worship and praise and prayer, and they feel the unction of the Lord to speak it out over everyone else, and we wait for an interpretation. Paul says that there can be up to three in a service of tongue interpretation, tongue interpretation, and we wait, and he says that that has value, and he says this, if any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. Should be a tongue spoken. There should be a tongue spoken, and then we wait for the interpretation. There could be another tongue spoken and so forth. And he says that that has value equal to prophecy. And But what it does is it speaks and is used by God for those who are unbelievers to see this miraculous kind of thing uh, when it's the known tongue and the other tongue is to edify the body, as he says. And so that's the purpose we have it. Paul distinguishes then the difference between glossa lelia as a gift to the body and personal tongues as a prayer language to God. One edifies all who are listening, the other edifies the individual. And if you're praying in tongues, edifying yourself, you're not to be speaking it out over everyone else because no one's going to get it. And that's the whole point of 1 Corinthians 14. I'll take it. I should have had some. Thank you, my brother. Does anybody here have the gift of tickling in the throat? <laughs> it's not spiritual. All I mean is it's not from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> All right. Now, you can see that in, throughout 1 Corinthians 14, he's making a very clear distinction because everybody in Corinth was just shouting out their tongues. And he said, look it, I'd rather speak two or three words that you understand than a thousand in tongues. It's not going to benefit anybody. So if there's not going to be an interpretation, keep it down. He in fact says this specifically, keep silent and speak to God. Now in English, that gets pretty messed up. Because how are you supposed to keep silent and speak? Well, the word for silent there is not mute. It means a lower volume. 
because he says you are to speak to God. In other words, keep your praying up, just like we do when we're in worship. We, we allow for the freedom of vocal expression, right? We all praise God, hallelujah. You might be praying to God, God help me today. And so tongues can be at that same level of the crowd. Because remember this, biblical worship, biblical prayer is always audible. Now you can pray in your head, fine for you, Fine for us all, but praying biblically is speaking out of your mouth. And so to pray in tongues, you need to be speaking out of your mouth. And so he says, keep it down to the volume everyone else is, because if it's not for interpretation, no one's benefiting from it. And how can somebody else be in agreement with you if they don't understand what you're saying? So he's putting order, and the key here is he's differentiating between the gift of tongues and praying in tongues, which is available to every believer, because every believer has the Holy Spirit in them. And I like to share this with my Baptist brothers and sisters. I like to encourage them. You already pray in tongues. What do you mean? Well, the Spirit's interceding within you. He's already praying. He's already talking to God. We just let him use our mouths. And that's the truth. So let's go into praying in tongues. He says this, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, edifies himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues. So he's not stopping praying in tongues, but even more, I want you to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues because it's edifying the body. It's doing more than just you. But he goes on, he says, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So the gift of tongues and interpretation, when they both work effectively, are at the same level of prophecy, and it edifies the whole body. But you can keep praying in tongues to edify your own life. And that's what he's trying to say. Now we go on, he says this, if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in the church and speak to himself and God. So that's your continuing to pray to God. Just don't blast it out over everybody else. Amen? Now, I've had experiences in this, well, in this church. I've heard the great experiences. I remember, oh, I think it was you, Bruce. But anyways, <laughs> uh, you can validate this. Here's my brother, uh, not speaking in tongues, but someone was speaking in tongues behind him, and he understood every word they were saying. No one else did. Raise your hand if I said that right. <laughs> he has no attention to himself. Uh, sorry, but that was miraculous. That's Holy Spirit, and that's cool. 1 Corinthians 14.2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. Right? We said that. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. How many of you find that there's a lot of mysteries in your life? How many of you need answers to those mysteries? Then I would encourage you to pray in tongues. Let's go further. He says this, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Let's unpack that. Uh, there's a, a lot of Pentecostal teaching that says, the Holy Spirit is, is the one praying through you, and you have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you to pray in tongues. Paul clearly says this, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. 
See, when you were born again, the Spirit of God made your spirit alive and He dwells within your spirit man. And you have the capacity to draw out of your spirit at any time. You don't have to wait for a fast song and two slow songs. You don't have to wait till, till, till you get inspired from a great speaker. You don't have to wait for the liver shiver to feel the anointing. You can pray out of your spirit man at any point. Amen? And so he says that I will pray with my spirit when I'm praying in tongues. And he says, but my mind is unfruitful. Now we don't like that. Because our mind has worked all our lives trying to make sure we don't say anything stupid. And our mind is always governing the noise coming out of our mouths. And so <coughs> you have to teach your tongue. You have to teach your mind that praying in tongues is biblical. Because your pride will stop it every time. Probably the biggest hindrance to praying in tongues for most people is intellectually they're not releasing their tongue to the Spirit because their mind governs it. I don't know what those syllables are. I'm not understanding it. So you're not using your mouth. It's, it's very typical, okay? And what we have to come to a place to believe is that I can pray out of my spirit and not have my mind active. Though you don't go into a trance, you don't lose recognition of the world around you, you're not so lost that you're, ah, the spirit of the prophet subject to the prophet. You're fully cognitive and fully aware, but your mind doesn't know what the spirit's praying because he's praying mysteries. And so you don't know what to do. So what should we do in that case? Paul says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I will. That's an aspect of the will. I will pray with my spirit. And I will pray with my mind. And that's what Paul said. Pray with all kinds of prayers. So pray with your intellect. Pray with your understanding of things. And I'm telling you, that's a short walk. <laughs> when it comes to the things of God many times. How many of you tell God what to do in your prayers? Right? There'll be times I'm praying for someone for healing and I'm trying to think of everything. Uh, they have a bad back problem. I'm trying to think of, Lord, protect the discs and the nerves and the vertebrae and the muscles around it. And I'm doing an anatomy lesson to God. Like, God doesn't know where the problem is. And I'm thinking, God, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this. He's going, are you done yet? <laughs> then I just move into praying in tongues because I'm figuring the mystery on this thing will go right to the Holy Spirit. Amen? So he says, I'm going to pray with my mind. I'm going to pray with my understanding. So this morning, you're praying with your mind. Good for you. Pray with the Spirit, too. It's available to everybody here, and we're going to help you understand that. Also, I'm going to pray. He said, I will sing with my spirit, and I will sing with my mind. You see, praying in tongues is very close to the act of worship. Many times you'll get baptized or filled, those are terms, 
that we use for praying in the Spirit, to be filled, because out of your innermost being will flow rivers of water, uh, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak. So this filling, this outpouring, this baptism of saturation of the Holy Spirit flowing out of you is connected to worship. Many people get baptized in the Holy Spirit or praying in tongues during praise and worship because they're not thinking about what should I say. They're just exalting God. And, and in our exaltation of God, how many of you know when you come to a Pentecostal church, people have, you know, I mean, we're just like, hallelujah, praise God, glory, hallelujah, amen, amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, because we don't know what else to say. He's so great that the best I can do is about six or seven phrases. You're awesome. You're all that. You're amazing. You're mighty. You're glorious. You're powerful. Hallelujah. My intellect's doing the best it could to come up with something for God. And at some point, it's just got to go. And I begin praising in tongues and singing in the Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit releasing out of me the adoration for the Father. And so, typically it happens in worship because we're not cognitively governing. You understand what I'm saying? The flow out of the Holy Spirit. So he says, I will do this. Now, let's, let's look at the mechanics of this. I did some little charts here for you to, to understand. People are always taking pictures from now. I told you from now on we're putting these on our website with the sermon. So if you want illustrations, they're there. Paul said, I will pray from my spirit. I will pray with my understanding. So the picture on your right is using your mouth based on everything that's in your cognitive reasoning. And that's your normal operation of the day, isn't it? But he said, I'm going to pray like that, but I'm also going to pray with the, with the uh, impetus coming from my spirit. My mind's not recognizing these words. It's unfruitful. That's what he means, not recognizing it. But it's coming out of my spirit, and my spirit man's using my mouth. And you go, well, that's kind of freaky. I don't know about that. You know what? You do it all the time. Let me give you another reference. On the right, coming out of your heart, is laughter or crying. That doesn't come from your brain. Your brain doesn't say when you're going to laugh, I'm going to say three ha-ha-has, two tee-hees, and four little giggles. You don't do that. You release the laughter out of your heart. It's coming not from your brain, but from your heart. So you use your mouth apart from your brain all the time. When you, when you cry, when you sob, I'm going to say boo-hoo, and I'm going to give a couple grunts. <laughs> And then I'm going to, no, you don't mediate what's coming out of your mouth when it's coming out of your heart. It flows out. Some of you, when you're driving your car. <laughs> Words don't come from your head. Oh, they bubble up somewhere else. 
So this isn't foreign or odd to us, though we want to make it something odd and unusual. But if you would understand that the Spirit of God has made your spirit alive, and now it is available to you as a believer to pray the mysteries of God. So you can pray with your spirit, or you can pray with your understanding. And when you begin to realize this is biblical, it's not strange, it's not unusual, it is in fact what God has supplied for us to pray, then we can use it. And the idea that, oh, only some do because it's a gift, I've explained to you scripturally that those gifts are for the public edification, but for your edification, praying in tongues is part of the arsenal of your life. Amen? So, I close with this. Neuroscience has, in fact, validated what goes on with tongue talkers. In 2006, the New York Times reported a scientific breakthrough. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania took brain images of five women while they spoke in tongues and found that their frontal lobes, the part that is over your language center and thinking, was a willful participant allowing the words, it lit up when they were praying normal prayers. But when they began to pray in tongues, the frontal lobe, which was part of their word selection, went silent. But their cognitive awareness was still fully functioning in there, signifying that the language was coming from someplace else than their frontal lobe of their mind. The regions involved in maintaining self-consciousness were active. People were not in a blind trance. It was unclear which part of their brain was driving the behavior of speaking in tongues. I can tell you, it wasn't coming from their brain. It was coming from their spirit. So let me conclude with this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes with us for groanings too deep for words. Pray all kinds of prayers. The Holy Spirit helps us with all our prayers. Prayers of thanksgiving, prayer of faith, prayer of supplication, prayer of intercession, also praying in tongues. All those are available to you with the aid of the Holy Spirit. But I would compel you to go into that level of praying in tongues because he says this this is the function of tongues he who searches hearts that would be God knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God so what's actually taking place in our lives your spirit man is here I'm going to say he's here I don't know you know he could be over here I don't know but your spirit is in you, the spirit man, right? And so God the Father is searching our hearts, hearing the prayers and intercession of the Holy Spirit, who knows the will of the Father. They're connecting within you. The Spirit's helping you pray. But when you are able to pray in the Spirit, giving voice to the Spirit, you are speaking out into the earth realm and into the earth atmosphere the perfect will of God. That's powerful, brothers and sisters. I've seen it at work. When we're praying for this government, we're going to lose the ability to understand or grasp how bad a situation we're in. You need to begin praying in the Spirit, the will of God into this atmosphere. 
Praying in tongues is praying the mysteries of God and it is revealing the will of heaven into the earth and it needs to be spoken into the earth. And we can only speak so much in our understanding, but when you pray in tongues, you're releasing the perfect will of God. And so you're praying in the Spirit. When I've been involved with deliverance and casting out demons in people's lives and I'm praying and this thing is hiding and it's, it's rebelling and it's rejecting whatever I do, I move into praying in tongues and this thing screams. This thing hates it. Stop it! Because now it's not up to me trying to find it. I'm just speaking by the spirit and will of God and this thing's tormented and it has to leave. It's the power of praying in tongues. It's a peace that comes over with you. Don't understand the situation. You're, you're distraught. How could this have happened? But when you begin to pray in tongues more, when you begin to release the will of God, you begin to understand and a peace settles on you to trust God in all things. And so this morning, Jude would tell us in these days, and I'm telling you in 2024, learn and develop your prayer language, pray in the Spirit with all other prayers. Add that to your arsenal. And so how do I pray in the Spirit? Well, first, you must speak audibly. It's not going to come like a comet from somewhere else out of heaven and God's going to make you speak. God will never make you speak. You Agree with God. God does not overtake your will. You must be willfully speaking out. And so if you want to begin to pray in tongues, you have to speak out audibly. I would encourage you to praise God, to magnify Him, to extol His virtues, to declare Him good. Did you notice that every time they went out praying in tongues in public, it says they were extolling the virtues of God. They were praising the Lord. So come and present yourself. You can do this in your car. You can do this at your home, in your basement. You can do it here at church. You can go, you can be walking anywhere. I've had stories of people who were praying. They wanted to receive tongues. They couldn't. They didn't. And they've been crying out, oh God. And many times, again, it's because your brain's not believing by faith or not allowing your spirit to use your mouth. But finally, there's a breakthrough because they're just desperate and they, they finally break out and they begin praying in tongues and, and this flood comes out and they're in the middle of a grocery store. <laughs> they don't know how to handle it. But you must audibly speak. Second, well, first of all, you must be born again. You've got to have the Holy Spirit within you. So first of all, you need to be saved. And so once you're born again, this is accessible to you. Speak out in praise and begin to ask God to use it. It's thirdly, it is an act of faith. Because you'll begin to say syllables that just don't make sense to you. And you'll shut it down. Because it doesn't make sense to you, and your brain says, No, mm -mm, not doing it. And you need to tell your brain, this is biblical, and the spirit's praying, listen. And begin to let it flow, and it will begin to flow, and you will begin to release that prayer language. It may start off with a few little syllables here and there, but it will function. It will flow. And so let that happen and begin to study this more and begin to pray in tongues in a greater effect, and you will be speaking the will of God into the earth. I close with this. As Paul said, I want you all to pray in tongues.
Let's bow our heads.